Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. We are back from uh, the our COVID hiatus. I am fully recovered now, so we're back at it. Uh, tonight we're going to get into this weekend's Iowa-Gonzaga basketball game, uh, along with looking back the last few weeks of Iowa's uh, football season, which the regular season is now over, now that Michigan can't control uh, their COVID outbreak. And we're also, with today being National Signing Day, uh, talk a little bit about the recruits and the newest Hawkeyes that will be joining the squad. Uh, we'll get into all that right after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, well, the Hawkeyes football season is, the regular season is officially over. Um, the Champions Week matchup that was supposed to take place with Michigan is no more due to COVID issues within the Michigan program. Um, so Iowa is just kind of in wait and see mode now uh, as for what uh, bowl game they're going to be playing in. I know Kirk did say this week that they will accept a bowl invite. Um, sounds like most projections are Citrus Bowl or Outback Bowl. So going to Florida, which... Can be good, can be bad. Probably against an SEC school. So I've seen him play in Auburn. I've seen Mizzou. Um, those are the two I've seen more often than not. I think those would be new matchups at least. Um, Mizzou would be kind of fun. I haven't played Mizzou in what, 10 years since the old the old Insight Bowl. So. Blaine Gabbert and the... Uh, yep. Well, they, they really kind of squeaked that one out. Yeah, that was, what, 2010, I believe? Mm-hmm. 2010, so... Yeah, uh, been, been an interesting few weeks. Obviously, good to be back. Good to have you back and uh, at full strength, full capacity after your foul with the uh, with the cocoa. Um, it's no joke. Thankfully, it was uh, you know relatively mild for you, albeit uh, not necessarily fun. But uh, yeah, Iowa has kind of. I mean, uh, while while that was interrupted, and you know, kind of <laughs> your life and what you're doing has been uh, kind of interrupted a little bit. Uh, Iowa didn't give a damn. They kind of kept chugging on. Um, took care of Nebraska in, in much the same fashion as they have the last few years. You know, close. Kind of a close game. I, I would say it perhaps wasn't as close as the 26-20 final score really led on. Um, and I would actually kind of say likewise for you know for the Illinois and Wisconsin games too. But Iowa kind of just turned into a you know really rounded into form as, as a well-oiled machine. Kind of felt like the. Uh, I don't know, kind of like the, the Minnesota game. I, I don't know, although I guess you look back and before that they played Michigan State, who they just housed. But really, you know, after week one and week two, um, you know, clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, you can talk about, you know, quarterback play and this and that and, and nitpick certain things. But certainly the result, the final outcome, and, and in large part, the way the way the games have played out, you know, like I said, regardless of, of margin of victory or, you know, whatever, uh, 
he looked just damn good. <laughs> mm-hmm. he damn good. And so, yeah, it really is kind of a shame that, um, you know, looking to that Champions Week matchup, which ended up being Michigan because of, you know, some of the weirdness with not wanting to play a team twice and, uh, you know, who's representing Iowa out of the, uh, excuse me, who's representing the West kind of unexpectedly there from uh, from Northwestern. Kind of got a little weird and, I mean, even even once that matchup was announced, as soon as it was announced, I was a little bit skeptical just because, uh, you know, if Michigan's not going to get up to play or, you know, find a way to scrape and claw to, to play Ohio State um, with, you know, what sounds like dozens of guys being out uh, mm-hmm. in the program, I just didn't know that they were going to care enough or really, um, you know, be able, is probably the better way to say it, you know, be able to, you know, really field a solid club for, for a game versus Iowa just, you know, six or seven days later. Which, yeah, I mean, Saturday would have been a lot of fun with uh, the Iowa-Gonzaga game in the morning um, and Iowa-Michigan at night. That would have been a fun little day-night doubleheader, if you will. But um, And it's always fun to beat up on Michigan, I think. I don't think they would have done much uh, against Iowa's defense. But Do you, do you put any credence in, in, like, I think I'll, before I ask this question, I want to make a pretty pretty clear distinguishing you know, line in the sand here, like, COVID's, you know, you, you just found out, nothing to be trifled with, mm-hmm. very serious, not a hoax, et cetera, et cetera. So, all that being true, like, did you put any credence into the Harbaugh, maybe kind of, you know, down near, underperforming, maybe ducking, you know, a, a matchup? Maybe not so much with Iowa, but certainly, you know, Ohio State was going to take him to the woodshed, whether or not they were 100% healthy oh, or yeah. not. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. Do, do, do you do you buy into that kind of conspiracy theory at all in terms of you know maybe kind of milking it a little bit? I think that probably played a part. I would assume um, it's not fun to get your ass kicked, especially by your biggest rival. I mean, if Iowa was having any sort of COVID issues and they were going to be playing Iowa State and Iowa State was some juggernaut, I'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe let's just call this one off and let's get it back together next year.
you know, perhaps not even would have been available to practice prior to a, a game being played. It just it never seemed like it had much of a fighting chance from the start. Yep. And I mean, the rest of the slate this, this weekend is kind of, eh. <laughs> I mean, obviously Ohio, Ohio state Northwestern is the big 10 championship on Saturday morning at 11, but what Northwestern's like a 20 point dog. I mean, it's, but thank God we're having that. We're no the Purdue Indiana game that got called off too, didn't it? I believe already. Yeah, and, and, and really, and that's and when it, when that got called off, it was called off uh, kind of from from both ends. It was you know both programs were having issues, so uh, you know that that wouldn't allow either. Uh, well, I guess really just be in Iowa, but you know that's what is keeping Iowa from being able to, to kind of reschedule within the conference is the fact that. Uh, you know, one game on both sides, Purdue and Indiana, both done. Like they're both out, no matter what. Um, throw in Michigan, which makes it an odd number. As far as we know, as of this taping on Wednesday night, the rest of the games are on. Um, you know, that leaves Iowa without, without, you know, uh, an available opponent within the conference to play. And I just never thought as much as fun as it was to, you know, think about, hey, what about BYU? Hey, what about Georgia? Hey, what about whoever? Colorado would have been fun. Yeah, exactly. Like that's 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 a dream matchup, or you know, something that would be fun for us fans to to kind of like uh, you know jump into kind of last minute and, and get excited about. But uh, I, I just it was hard for me to imagine any Power Five team, you know, on three days prep, four days prep, jumping into um, you know some non-conference opponent that they know nothing about, having a game plan, having to figure out logistics for travel, where the game's being played, getting. Getting your equipment there, yeah, all, all, all that stuff. It was it was fun to think about for a minute, but uh, yeah, it it, uh, it just didn't seem like that was in the cards. Yeah, just just a letdown. I mean, it should have been Iowa Indiana from the start. I I get that Indiana and Purdue is a rivalry, but I don't know. I think I mean Indiana would give Iowa Indiana would have given both teams a chance to better their bowl position would give Iowa a chance to maybe get into a new year's six conversation and more solidified Indiana's spot there if they won. So it, I, I don't know. I just think the big 10 was again, they've, I mean, they've screwed up the whole season really in, in their attempt to write the, write the ship, but they, it's, it's just been a cluster of a season. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, changing the rules for Ohio state and, it's just it's just all over the place, man. And to be honest, I'm okay with that. And I mean, when, when you look at the Big Ten, like it's it's partly you know if you want to call it the conference's fault, but then when you look at the rest of uh, of the the actual you know teams, there's only four ranked teams, and you know so you you can count them all on one hand. It's the two in the championship game. It's Indiana and it's Iowa. So yeah, to your point about like, well, if you, if you already got you know the best in the East and the best in the West playing in the in the championship. Yeah, maybe the standings or the, the traditional rivalry doesn't line up for the, you know, one versus one, two versus two, three versus three that you'd planned on. But you'd kind of already changed your course in terms of, you know, the, the six-game minimum to, to make the, the championship game. So I, I think the, the absolute right call would have been to say, you know what, we have four ranked teams. <laughs> uh, we as a conference are clearly, you know, kind of looking to pursue the agenda of having as many teams ranked as highly as possible or – um, you know, be in New Year's Six contention as possible. Yes, we're going to schedule Indiana versus Iowa. Uh, we know what we said earlier. Sorry about you, Purdue. Granted, yeah. uh, again, 
this that game was not canceled. The Boilermakers and Hoosiers was not canceled because of one of the teams. It was canceled because of both of the teams. So in the end, it would have been a moot point. But uh, I agree. It made it. It would have made a lot of sense for for the conference and for uh, you know an uh, in Indiana and an Iowa team both who have played their balls off. Um, this year, uh, you know, overcoming a lot just with uh, the COVID issues that everybody else has had to deal with, but, you know, has really overperformed and shined and, and put up a hell of a season. It would have been great to see one of those two teams get a chance to, like you said, kind of strengthen their resume and, and perhaps jump into the, uh, you know, top 10, top 12, the New Year's Six discussion in earnest. And I'm, we haven't even made mention of uh, the Iowa beatdown of Wisconsin this past weekend. That did happen. That was that fun. Did that did happen. So yeah, I mean, I was still nervous. I was still nervous throughout the whole game, even like twenty-eight-seven, just because. I don't know, man. I saw so, I so at six nothing, I was like, I was not feeling good at all, just because that that just reeked, you know, with the weather. Yep. Uh, and, and everything else that just reeked of, you know, a nine to six game or uh, a game, you know, six to four. Something like that. Ten, six to four was in the cards for a while, but it felt to me that, um, and really where it got pretty puckery for me was uh, after that. God bless his heart. Tory Taylor's little little oh, man. goal kick, drop punt type of thing, where you know uh, Wisconsin got it on like the twelve. Or yeah, or something it was like, like it was first and goal. Yeah, uh, first and goal. So. Um, that's when I really started to, to feel like, you know, my self-fulfilling prophecy was, was going to, uh, was going to get me, but, um, but also a, what a kick off the ground. Yeah, no shit. Amazing. He got that pass. He got that pass midfield. But, uh, yeah, once, once the defense held there, um, I, I, I wasn't worried about it. And then all baby, all second half Spence showed second up. Second half Spence. You're, you're absolutely right. So, um, he had. He had a good game, a workman-like game, kind of just like Iowa needed him to. No interceptions. Uh, obviously, you know, Amir broke loose. Um, he was able to find him. Um, and then, you know, kind of just the, the chip, chip, chipping away that the, the running game was doing led to, to Goodson's, you know, big run, and, and that was it. So, really, I felt once that, that you know, first and goal series ended without Wisconsin uh, – Wisconsin scoring, like mm-hmm. it was Kurt. It, it felt like, and I feel like I could see them just just lose interest in it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. That that last that eighty yard run by Goodson was just just a, a chef's kiss on the whole game. And then my favorite part of that run though was Linderbaum and uh, Kallenberger, your starting center and right tackle, just busting ass down the field to run with him the whole way. I think Kallenberger blocked a dude, then hurdled a guy, and he, he stayed within like 10 to 15 yards, you know. It's pretty pretty impressive, but, um, man, anytime you can get – they've got all the rivalry trophies this season. I mean, I think when we first probably talked about the year, we were – I think I feel like we were both in like the camp of like 5-3 and three, um, yeah. record predi- prediction. So, I mean, 6-2 and two is not a whole – there's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, the first two weeks I'm not trying to – you know, hang on those too much because it's too painful. But these last six weeks have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, five and three, if you would have said there's three non-conference games, one of which are Iowa State, uh, you know, if, if you count count each of those as wins, even though Iowa State 
congrats, I guess, whatever. Um, you know, that, that puts you at eight and three if you count those three wins, which, you know, the baseline for a normal year is, okay, we typically think we're starting off the year at eight and four. Let's actually look at the schedule, look at the rosters, see where the games are being played and go from there. So, yeah, I, I would say that as much as the first two weeks kind of kind of sucked and just, you know, felt like shit after uh, a terrible offseason yeah. <laughs> uh, for many reasons, um, I mean, Six and two is is an incredible job by by the coaches, by the players, by you know everyone within the program. I mean, it's it, it's truly amazing. This and, you know that's what, that's kind of what makes the Michigan cancellation all the more disappointing. Like, man, they yeah, that's yeah, that's what the that's what the tough part is. And I mean, the they're getting the accolades. Um, yesterday, they announced the offensive uh, all conference awards which uh, the Hawks had a handful of guys on the first team. I believe what, Tyler Goodson was first team. Alaric Jackson was first team. Um, who else? Linderbaum. Linderbaum. By, by the media, but second team by coaches. Yeah, which is stupid. Which is uh, if there, yeah. I don't know who they voted as the first team, but they're Ohio. wrong. It was, it was the Ohio State Center. Because well, they're still wrong. But, yeah. Correct. Um, let's see here. I believe didn't Spencer Petras get? Did he get honorable mention? I don't. I don't think so. He did. Did he really? I got it right here. Yeah, the first teamers: uh, Tyler Goodson, Alaric Jackson, Tyler Lindebaum. Second team: Cole Banwart. Uh, honorable mention: uh, Spencer Petras, Mackay Sargent, Amir, Cody Ince, Kyler Schott, Mark Kallenberger. Sam Laporta and Sean Beyer. Not too shabby. Well, before before we go too much further uh, or on any other topics, um, and while I have the thought, um, so it sounds a lot like so this is a free year for everybody, right? So we've mm-hmm. been four fourth year guys uh, who have played all four years, fifth year guys who had a red shirt could come back next year. That being said, it sounds like the vast majority, and I completely understand this. The vast majority of guys are sounds like ready to move on not just in Iowa but you know across the country and I can totally get that after four or five years of, of doing a thing you probably know where you land uh, in terms of you know your pro prospects either yeah. e- either you were or you weren't going into this year and this year probably didn't change much if that being said if you had to run down the list of guys who would have otherwise exhausted their eligibility after this season slash non-season um who would you say is most likely to come back out of the guys who uh, could leave or graduate? I think Brandon Smith could use another year. Um, I think Amir has done just about everything he needs to. I don't think there's a whole lot more film to get out there for himself. Um, so I think he could probably, he would definitely go, but I think Brandon Smith would be the one that could benefit the most. Um, his first year was just kind of a lost year. He didn't really do much at all um you know caught a couple passes but i think his biggest thing his freshman year was a big fumble at uh michigan state i believe that cost them that game so i think he could just benefit from another year of kind of being the focal point of of the passing game um that's probably about i mean i don't think keith duncan there's no point in him uh trying to come back again especially as a fifth year senior I'm trying to think yeah, how, what he, I think I think he said he's he's done. Yeah. I think he made it, he um, made it let's see clear. like 
I mean, Nick Neiman, no. Um, no. Chauncey Golston, no. I mean, there's no re- – Matt Hankins, no, probably not. I don't think there's really much for him to come back and do. I mean, he made it. one of the guys – so, I, I – Yeah, what do you think? I, I agree with you with Brandon Smith. I mean, it's, it's just too bad the, uh, you know, the four-game redshirt rule didn't apply yeah. for, for both he and Amir because, yep. uh, you know, their freshman years, they just they just had to play. There was nobody else. Yep. Uh, but if, if I had to pick somebody from the offensive side of the ball, it would be uh, Brandon. Not not only was his freshman year uh, a little bit of a wash, but last year largely was too. Yep. Uh, with that high ankle. Was. So, you know, maybe now instead of uh, instead of going pro, I, yeah, like you said, if, if the idea is to perhaps stay to uh, you know to better your pro prospects or get some some more things on tape, um, you know, certainly there's been a, a division of uh, of you know Spencer Petrus's attention between you know him, Amir, Nico, Laporta, Bayer, um, and, and you know with Amir uh, Tyrone. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, so you know maybe with one pure proven guy in the mix, he gets a little bit more of the spotlight next year, and he yep. can elevate himself to, to you know kind of a first team All Big Ten type of uh, receiver. Because I certainly think you know he has the ability; he just always hasn't had the opportunity. Yep. Um, so that'd be my guy from the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side, yeah, th- there aren't any obvious ones. Even one of the the transfers on the. I was gonna say Van Valkenburg. I think Van Valkenburg or Heflin. I think both of those I guys. Mean, I'm certainly no, I'm no Mel Kuypers. Um, Van Valkenburg, you know, being, uh, what, second team all Big Ten? Um, you know, maybe you, you stick around for a, another year and see if you can elevate yourself because you're going to lose a couple pieces on the defensive line. Uh, you know, and, and maybe maybe three starters, you know, possibly. I mean, Chauncey's gone. Davey has gone. If Heflin, you know, chooses not to come back, as most guys won't, um, he's gone. Austin Schulte might be gone. So, uh, I mean, if you're looking at the defensive line next year, is, is Van Valkenburg kind of the cornerstone there, or could he be the cornerstone there and, you know, really look to highlight himself and, like you said, put some more things on tape? I don't know, but that, that'd be the one that I'd pick. Yeah, and um, I believe Iowa's already got um, four, five, just going six. Iowa's got six guys playing in the East-West Shrine Bowl right now. The you know it's kind of the second tier below the senior bowl, but um, they've got let's see Nick Neiman, uh, Jack Heflin is on here, um, Chauncey Golston, uh, Larrick Jackson, Brandon Smith, Amir Smith Marset, and uh, Larrick, Larrick, yeah, Larrick Jackson. And I don't think there's an actual game with those this year. There isn't with COVID, so I think kind of the selection of the game is more. Uh, you know, kind of more of a whatever, whatever you want to call it, kind of a, a token selection as opposed to like an actual game. Okay. I, I think if there's anytime you see a guy playing in the game or you know preparing for the game, he's done. He's, he's gone. But yeah, I I want to say this year that they kind of are announcing who would who would have been selected and otherwise played. Yeah, it will not be played due to COVID nineteen restrictions. You're right. Damn, that's too bad. Um. But yeah, I think I feel like Heflin is a guy that could definitely come back for another year. Um, but I, Heflin, I would say Heflin and Brandon Smith are the two guys that would benefit the most. Um, you know, Heflin played well this year, and he could come back next year and be the anchor because there's a guy on that defensive line 
that was named today the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year and the Defensive Lineman of the Year, probably going to be a first-team All-American who is not going to be returning. He will be leaving early and will probably be a first- or second-round pick. Of course, that is Mr. Davion Nixon. Um, he's gone. So enjoy the bowl game. If he plays, I would assume he will. I feel like he's not the... I feel like he wouldn't. He'd, he'd want to play one more time, especially with this game, with the Michigan game getting called off. I think, you know, with like knowing you're going to have one more game and then a bowl game, but then having now like a finite or like an actual date where you know it's going to be your last game. I don't know. I feel, I don't I don't see him, especially because it's only two weeks away. So there's not much yeah, benefit to him like not doing it. I also feel like probably anybody who would be who would have been prone to uh, opting out of a bowl game may have just opted out of the whole season. Uh, you know, all things considered with. Uh, with, with COVID stuff. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to think that kind of, or at least it makes sense to me that anybody who is in come week one would kind of be in all the way through, uh, especially, like you said, kind of knowing that there's a limited limited number of opportunities granted. You know, a guy like Davion who went from like, man, we hope he's pretty good this year because we can use some help on the D-line to the, you know, to the defensive lineman of the year. Defensive um, player of the year, even. Defensive player of the year in the conference is, I mean, that's exactly what we were all hoping for. Guess what, Hawk fans, you got it. So I hope you enjoyed the abbreviated season. I hope you kept it on DVR. Uh, you know that Penn State game <laughs> and, and that and that pick six. But uh, yeah, holy cow, that's uh, that's what uh, that's what can happen when you uh, are able to recruit and retain a guy and develop a guy who you know gets offered by the likes of Alabama. So I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. Yep. Um, like I said, yeah, today I saw on the Athletic, uh, their NFL draft guy had him rated as the number two uh, defensive tackle. So you'd have to think that's probably a first round spot if no later than a second. So in the second round, I doubt there's going to be, they wait that long uh, in the NFL to take t- two defensive tackles. So, but great on him, man. It was, he's been a lot of fun to watch this year and um, looking forward to watching him one more time and I mean, I'd be shocked if he comes back. I don't. I don't think there's any reason for him to, because he's a fourth year guy. This is technically his fourth year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, after his time at Iowa Western and kind of the, the academic redshirt year. Yep. He, uh, he he gone. He gone. And what? A, and he's such a, a a likable kid and great personality. He's a great interview. I think he'll be a great ambassador for the university. Um, once it goes. I was say, uh, Chris Ruth needs to. Uh, to check his calendar and see what Davion is available to do the next type video. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, apart from like George Kittle, um, I can't I can't remember a more like gregarious yeah. guy. And, and like you said, just a guy you would want to represent your program. Um, uh, you know, and kind of uh, not only just as as a person, but also kind of a testament to um, you know to, to, to the Iowa way and you know sticking with it. All, all those sorts of things that they, you know, kind of preach in terms of how smart and physical. Well, should we, uh, we're talking about the Hawkeyes that are leaving. Should we talk about the Hawkeyes that are coming in? There is that. Today is National Signing Day. It was a, a little bit of a, you know, kind of as a backdrop, a little bit of an uneventful, I mean, there, there's no mystery to it. Um, I want to say back in June, there were uh, 17 guys, May, June, something like that, you know, Six months ago, yep, uh, which was like you know five years ago. Oh, I know, right? Uh, there was like seventeen guys committed as as of that point in um, 
May or June. 16 of those guys signed today. They added a, another one since then with the addition of uh, Joey Labus, the quarterback out of uh, Ohio, who probably a nice guy, but he has one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but, but otherwise... Well, good. Let's hope he's a good ball player because that'll make other 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 fan bases just hate him that much more. I mean, I don't know. He just, he just I don't know. He looks like too many people from Council Bluffs that I <laughs> But um, uh, other than that, I mean, they they signed. Oh, he does. got his picture on Rivals is not a good one. I mean, his the shape of his face just looks like a shovel. It it's yeah, just like fl- flat. It's not a know. good. It's not a good look for him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So. The class, like I said, has kind of been a known commodity for some time, as it sits, I believe, this evening. It's the number 27 class in the, in the nation, of course, with some room for movement one way or the other uh, due to the, the later mm-hmm. period in February. But who do you like from this class in terms of, like, I don't know, like a, an offensive guy, a defensive guy, and maybe, you know, someone who's flown under the radar? Um, defensive guy? I tell you what. I'm assuming he'll end up on defense. Uh, is the last commit they got the kid that just committed about four or five days ago? The kid out of Iowa Falls, Carson. I think his last name it's S H A R A R. I would guess that's Sharar. Would be my assumption. Um, his film, man, that kid is an animal. He runs through guys. I tell you who he, he who he reminds me of watching him play. Whose tape he reminds me of a lot of is uh, Jack Campbell, who was Jack Campbell's was about. I mean, Sherrard's listed at 6'3", 205. Campbell is a little bit taller in high school, but about the same size, and their tape is very similar. They just attack, and they do not – there's no half-ass tackling. They run through guys, and that's all they do. And so I think he could surprise guys. I mean, we know what Iowa's track record is with um, kids that commit kind of the last week leading up to signing day. Um, I believe this guy, his dad played for you and I, um, you, and this kid was committed to you and I, um, until Iowa offered. So Iowa poaches another, a future Panther as they've done numerous times over the year. Uh, worked out. yep. Um, he's, uh, I mean, this kid's only a two star on the rivals, uh, recruiting website, but again, I was made a heyday with, uh, with their two star guys. Um, you know, I got another guy on defense that's, I mean, I think is probably a little more obvious is uh, Justice Sullivan out of Eden Prairie, Minnesota, who is the son of former Iowa State basketball player Jake Sullivan, who's the adopted son of Jake Sullivan. He's a four-star linebacker um, who grew up around the Ames area. I think Huxley is where they lived for a while, uh, now living in Eden Prairie. But I believe he uh, he grew up in Ghana, in the country of Ghana, until he was eight and then was adopted by uh, Sullivan and uh, moved to the United States, but very good athlete. He's listed as a linebacker, but sounds like he could move to maybe has some room to fill out and move to defensive end. And I think he's played as an edge rusher a lot in, in high school uh, watching his tape. So I think that's a guy to keep an eye on to see where they go. Offensively, um, I mean, we're getting some good skill players out of the central Iowa area. I think, I think the I think um they really killed it at the offensive line position. One, two, three, three, four star offensive linemen. Um but I'm gonna go with Jennings Dunker, the first guy out of the class. Uh, out of Lena, Illinois. I believe the the school itself, their high school, 
is Lena Winslow High. I think they only have 240 kids total in their high school, and they now have two alumni on the Iowa football team on scholarship. Uh, so it's a pretty cool story. This kid's a 6'5", 290-pound uh, offensive lineman. But I believe his wingspan, though, is like 6'10", 6'11", so real long-armed really? kid. Um, big, big-time weight room guy. Also, uh, the, the football um, – the Iowa football Twitter account posted a picture of him tonight. Apparently, um, Jennings Dunker is a big Britney Spears guy. So, I mean – he becomes a friend of the program right there. And one one of his his top three music artists number his number one is Britney Spears. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> that, that, that says it all. How, how can you not like a guy like that? Yeah. I uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to like in this class. You know, it's not a, a big class at least as of yet. Nope. I don't know that I've expected to get up to kind of the the twenty two twenty five range that you kind of typically see. Probably depend on what happens after the bowl game. True, true, but you know, uh, I, I think you know. My, my guess is, kind of looking forward, you see probably a couple of more, uh, you know, two or three more um, high school signees, and then mm-hmm. after that, probably, um, you know, Iowa does what they've kind of started to get down to a science with guys like uh, Heflin and Ben Balkenberg. the and, Mac guys, you know, lower uh, lower tiers. Yeah, scouring that transfer portal, so that's kind of the way I see them rounding out the class. Um, from uh, from an offensive standpoint, um, there's just no way. Even if you would have picked him, um, there's no way I could not pick Keaton Johnson from my old neck of the woods. Yep. Bellevue, Bellevue West kid. Bellevue West, uh, a, a great football school in the Omaha area. I used to work at Bellevue University myself. The bees. Uh, uh, when, I, when I lived there, the Bruins. The Bruins, my man. Bellevue Bruins actually shared the colors with Bellevue West, though purple and gold, purple and yellow. So. Um, yeah, the, the campus there was right by Bellevue West. So Keegan Johnson, just a dynamic playmaker. He is. Um, Husker legacy, four-star. And, and get, so here's a little tidbit, a um, couple of tidbits that I, that I saw reading through things today in, in preparation. He is the first out-of-state four-star wide receiver of the Ferentz era. There's never been another. Beautiful. There's been, four, there's been four-star wide receivers, you know, Keenan Davis. Keenan Davis was probably one of them. Martin, yeah. but there's never been an out-of-state four-star wide receiver uh, come to uh, play for Iowa during the Ferentz era. Again, much less one who is um, the son of a two-time national champion for the Huskers yeah. who grew up in the state of Nebraska an hour from Lincoln. That just that personally feels good to me and just warms my heart that Keegan Johnson is officially a Hawkeye. What? Not to mention, he's just uh, just just a baller. Uh, and his dad, like, was the starting one of the starting running backs, wasn't he? Cluster. Cluster Johnson. Cluster Johnson. Yeah, I, I, which, it's crazy. I mean, I know it's like, it's cliche to be like, well, I feel so old. But when there's people now that who have kids and that are signing with college programs that we like watched growing up, and it's, whatever, we're getting old. But no, Keegan Johnson is a dynamic player. I think we could probably see him. Coming in and getting some playing time next year. Keegan is going to be next year's Amir. Yeah. Um, he's, he's going to be that Z position. Um, and, and, you know, ho- hopefully, uh, you know, th- there are going to be, you know, other guys around him, even if Brandon Smith leaves in that receiver room, who are, who are going to be, you know, above him and, and get the reps. But Keegan Johnson, uh, without a doubt, has the ability to, to be an impact player uh, the minute he steps on the campus. Well, um, and another little thing. 
Um, so grouping him in with your, you know, Jennings Dunker and the other four-star uh, offensive lineman. This class has, I want to say, four, uh, five, four-star guys. Uh, if you kind of just look back yep. at the recent past, so five four-star guys per rivals. Yep. Which I think is a gold standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, per from Iowa. 20, from 2013 to 2016, there was like three four-star guys total. Yep. Just to give you an idea of the trajectory of uh, you know, the recruiting of this program, uh, there was like three total from that four-year stretch. And this year's class alone, again, albeit small, has five four-star guys. No, this is this is the highest-rated class. This is Kirk's second highest-rated recruiting class um, outside of the 2005 um, group. And the 2022 class, I mean, they're the best, their best recruit there, they have a top 100 overall kid. Um, out of uh, Gowry, that Aaron Graves, a defensive defensive end, defensive tackle, um, he's going to be a really good one. So there's a lot, there's just a lot of players now in Iowa. There's a lot of talented kids um, that are coming up here, and so it's it's pretty wild. But it's a very good class, um, very heavy on the Iowa kids. I'm just even counting here: one, two, three, four, five. Only six kids out of state. Out of 17. Yeah. And really, when you look at the geography of the class as a whole, too, Joey Labus from Ohio is the one who's the furthest yeah. away. I mean, it's, it's Iowa, Missouri, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois. And it's then, truly that, it's truly that like five hour, five to six hour driving, you know, range that they really like to, that they talk about. For sure. So, I mean, all in all, kudos to, to Tyler Barnes and his staff for mm-hmm. the inroad they made. Uh, you know, not just uh, making but maintaining the relationships with uh, with these kids. And, you know, recruiting is a fun little thing to talk about, but uh, it, it, ask Nebraska really doesn't mean shit. you got to come and play. <laughs> yep. uh, so so it, it's kind of fun to, to look towards the future. I, I kind of liken football recruiting and, and National Signing Day to, uh, you know, being able to watch uh, Aaron Uless and Tony Perkins and, uh, you know, Chris Murray at the end of uh, a Northern Illinois basketball blowout. Like, it doesn't really tell you much, but it's kind of a fun little glimpse as to what the future could be. So um, it's, uh, you know, nothing else to do this year. So And one one last thing on the recruiting. It's kind of interesting, interesting Iowa this year. Um, as soon as they would get the, the letter from each player today, which I think that might be the only thing that they use to, for fax machines anymore is National Signing Day. But um, I digress. Um, they – the University of Iowa actually basically designed logos for every single recruit, um, which I think is an interesting little wrinkle um, with the you know upcoming where these guys are going to be able to to make money on their name, image, and likeness, which rightfully show, so I think they should. So they it's kind of a, it's kind of a jump start um, for them coming into school. Um, just kind of I don't know. I think that'd be pretty sweet as a high school senior. You look at that and you go, oh man, I have my own logo. That's pretty sweet. Everybody likes to feel special, right? Yeah. So certainly this is this is those kids' day, and uh, you know, a testament to the to the work they put in and to the the time and effort their their parents had in supporting them. So yeah, all the all the praise in the world for them. And uh, you know, it's it's a, like I said, kind of a, a silly little thing when you think about it, but it's also kind of fun to think about uh, 
knowing who who you're going to be seeing on the field, you know, in the in the next couple of years. Yep, and and yeah, I would say in the past with Iowa recruiting, more often than not, you don't see those guys for at least two years. But you know, more recently, there's so many more kids that are ready to play um, as soon as they get on campus. So that's changed a little bit. You're seeing these guys a little bit sooner in their careers, a chunk of them anyway. But um, I don't know. I think that's probably all we got on recruiting. I'd say we probably maybe take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, oh yeah, talk about our uh, the top three ranked Iowa basketball team. I think so. We'll get into that right after this. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right. uh, I guess we can't fail to uh, forget talking about uh, the number three ranked Iowa basketball team. Uh, They've had a few actual opponents. The last uh, last couple of weeks here since we've been since we've been on hiatus, um, starting with the big uh, Big Ten ACC Big Ten Challenge, um, North Carolina came to town. I think they brought like fifteen guys that are like six ten, two hundred fifty pounds. They just kept cycling them in every time out uh, to guard Luca. But um, man, Hawks ran them out of the gym. What was the final? Was it ninety three to eighty? Ninety three to eighty, and you know it like. You know, for, for talking in the earlier segment about, you know, final scores not being reflective of how close the game was. I mean, basketball is so, so fun for me and so much different than football in a lot of ways. But, you know, in that, you know, those runs can really extend the game like crazy. And so, of course, you know, in that when Iowa got out uh, early, real quick, barrage of threes, North Carolina kind of creeps back, makes it a, a tighter game at halftime, ends up taking the lead in the second half. Yeah. Uh, but then Iowa closes out strong. So I mean, that's I mean that's a double-digit win against a true blue blood program. You know, granted they kind of go up and down, um, like a lot of them do, with just you know one and done guys and a lot of you know highly heralded freshmen who are probably going to be playing you know better together at the end of the year versus the beginning of the year, especially you know against a, a really experienced laden team like like Iowa. But I mean, so far. Your best bet with Iowa is to take them to, to cover the spread and, and take the over. Hit the over. Just just rocking people and scoring points like it's their it's their job. So which is I mean I, I mean to to, to, con- to condense that all down, that's exactly what you just have, would have wished to have seen. You, you couldn't have scripted a better start to this year, um, you know, through the first five games for for this Iowa basketball team. Just taking care of business. Just absolutely schooling you know your little brother in Ames and uh you know making it fun along the way yeah the uh Iowa State both men and women came to Iowa City this year and got well the the women's game was a a tight game but the men Iowa State men man they lost to Kansas State last night who Kansas State lost to a division two team who had lost to three other division two schools and they got beat at home by uh, Fort Hayes State 
And then K State. I, I knew that was not a good loss. I didn't realize it, it was that bad of a. I mean, I, I, I knew it was a bad loss, but maybe yeah, not that bad of a loss. That Drake was, Drake won by double digits in Manhattan. Also, Drake beat K State by double digits. No, this yeah. I, the, the the North Carolina game, man. I mean, if you told me that Luca only scores sixteen points against North Carolina, I'm thinking maybe they might be in trouble. But when Bohannon, Wieskamp, and Frederick go, I believe it was seventeen of thirty from three. There's not many teams that are that are going to beat you. Um, and they took they took North Carolina's best shot. I mean, Carolina came back, took the lead there for. For a, a point in time, it wasn't very long, but then Iowa kind of came back and just delivered the hammer, man, and just just knocked them out. It's it was so much fun to watch to see a team, you know, take a punch like that and still be able to maintain and come back with a uh, you know one last run. You know, a couple of years ago, there were games where you know Iowa comes out shooting like that, but then you're like, oh shit, well here it goes. Now they're gonna end up losing by fifteen. Sustain it for the full forty, or at least enough of the forty to make it, uh, uh, yeah, to, to to cinch the victory. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were just talking a little bit before we started recording. That, like, I mean, like I said, this is this is as good as you could have asked for. I mean, Luca has just had his unbelievable Michael Jordan NBA Finals shoulder shrug six three yeah. moments. I mean, we, was that no? Yeah, what? Who was that? Well, that was that was Iowa State. That was that was Iowa State. I mean. Um, I mean, I don't know how we've made it this long with talking without talking about Keegan Murray. For yep. the love of God, Keegan Murray, Murray is just the new Nicholas Bear um, slash Aaron White slash you know insert you know just the ultimate rebound your ass off hustle guy. Yeah, man, Fran said in, in uh, you know like media day that Keegan Murray rebounds and man that dude crashes the boards. A lot like his dad did back in the day, but man, he's a lot bigger than his dad ever was. Um, but man, he's a lot of fun to watch. He can shoot the ball a little bit. You wonder, I wonder if his brother hangs around at Iowa. I mean, it's hard to, uh, yeah. I, I, at this point, it's tough to say. You know, it's tough to say. But I, I would think this would be tough unless. Especially as a twin. Yeah, as a twin, and you're the one that's, and you're the one that's not doing any, like, you're only getting. Strictly mop up duty. Like you go in when big big Josh when big Josh O goes in at the end of games. He's a big dude, isn't he? But I mean, I, I, I think you know next next year's team is going to look nothing like this year's team in terms of the minute allocations. You know, like Luca gone, Javo gone. I say Wieskamp. Uh, yeah, I think he's gone. He, he's gone too. Um, so I, I think you know just the rotations uh, are going to look. So very different, just in, in yeah the allocation of minutes. That um, I don't know. I, I think that's I think that's a little ways down the road. But I think it's a I think it's a, a very astute observation that yeah, like you see your twin brother out there being you know kind of like the seventh man um, on a top three team uh, certainly can lead to some introspection, kind of wondering where you fit in too. But. I'm yeah. just uh, I'm just along for the ride right now. Oh man, it's um, it's it's just been so much fun. They're so fun to watch. Like it's I don't know, it's just man. It's been a I mean, long way since uh since the Licklider years. I mean, so what that does is that brings us uh you know to the the game that had been, you know, really uh up until recently officially announced, but had been speculated about for quite some time, and that is 
you know, are number three, Iowa Hawkeyes. First off, that number three ranking gave me some some real hesitation, just kind of as a as a you know kind of fan wanting to make sure that they're not kind of setting the bar too high. But I think they they they've proved that out against uh, you know perhaps not the, the best competition so far, um, but certainly you know against you know worthy competition when you look at a couple of Power Five schools who are you know basketball schools in North Carolina and Iowa State. And yeah, I know where well, I'm, Iowa State used to be a basketball school. Well, I, I know where they sit in the college football playoff ranking. I'm going to still call them a basketball school. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, 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 that number three next to that that name kind of had me nervous. But I think you know this game against Gonzaga is is amazing. You know, win, lose, or draw, this is going to be a great uh, you know measuring stick to see where they are. And I I just hope that you know Iowa fans can enjoy the moment for what it is. And you know, if if Saturday's game ends up with a loss, to to not you know feel like the sky is falling because Gonzaga is a bona fide, you know, juggernaut. Jalen Suggs. Um, Who is going to be healthy. I think he had an ankle, but I think he's going to be back. Yeah. He, I think he even came back in that game where he, Did he? Where he tweaked that. But, uh, yeah, J- Jalen Suggs is kind of the, the headliner, albeit, you know, not the leading scorer, but as a guy who's going to be, uh, you know, playing full or uh, playing in the association next year. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a bona fide one, one seed Final Four contending team, and like I said, I, I just see this as Iowa's chance to, you know, kind of validate where they rank in comparison to it. We all know they're great. Um, I think we can find out Saturday, you know, really where that ceiling might be. Yep, and I mean uh, Gonzaga's played. You know, they've played some tough ones also. They're only three and zero. They had, they've uh, had what uh four game one two three four. Four game, five games here canceled. Uh, they had a little COVID scare. They paused their activities. Um, they were supposed to play number two Baylor uh, Saturday, December fifth. But I think shortly there before that game, they shut everything down um, for two weeks. So they're going to be coming where they haven't played since um, over two weeks. They haven't played since Wednesday, December second. So um, maybe some rusts coming off there to deal with. Hopefully, <laughs> um, it's a neutral site game. Obviously, at the Sanford Pentagon up in uh, Sioux Falls, where Iowa has played. They played there. Is it two year two years ago? They played Colorado up there. Two, if not maybe three years ago. Yep, yep a couple years ago. Yep. So uh, Iowa has experience um, playing there, but yeah, like you said, man, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a dogfight. I would bet the over. Um, I'm curious what the spread will be. I would probably Gonzaga four three and a half four. I would think it'd probably be pretty close. Um, but yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd say something around there, and you know, I if, if we're doing predictions, uh, I'm taking the Zags. They're, I mean, they're the number one team in the country. They're one of the mm-hmm. most talented teams in the country. Uh, I think I, I was in that conversation, and I I hope I'm proven wrong. But uh, if if you're making me do a either or prediction. I'm taking Gonzaga, but I, that, that doesn't make me any less excited for this game at all. Oh, no. Absolutely. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 11 o'clock Saturday morning, CBS is the national broadcast. Um, man, what better way to for a, a billboard for your program here, Fran, to really springboard into what could be a very special year. Um, yeah, prediction-wise, I, I will probably go with the Zags, too. Um, I just think they're deep, and they have size, and... They're just Mark Few is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, even though I feel like he's, I, I almost feel like he's almost underappreciated, probably 
somewhat. Which kind of seems silly to, to say and, and hear out loud, but yeah, I mean, what what they do year in and year out is, is truly amazing. I mean, look look at their non-conference every year. They're playing, I mean, this year they played the number five, number eight, and they were going to play the number two team along, but that Baylor game got canceled and now going to be playing the number three team in the country. So, I mean, I, but I get they have to because their conference is pretty weak for the most part. So they got to kind of make hay in the non-con, um, which they're not afraid of anybody. But, man, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited for the game. That's for sure. Yeah, certain, certain. So, uh, I, again, I hope uh, I hope our boy Shane Lins- listens to this, and I hope he gets mad at us and tweets us uh, some vindictive things after – uh, you know, Iowa pulls out uh, an instant classic. God, let's hope so. I hope. I hope yeah. we're wrong. I mean, we both hope we're wrong. Yeah, I mean, honestly, unless unless Iowa loses by like fifty points, I'm not going to think any less of this team, mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome. On, on yeah, let's and, let's put that kind of you know out there that don't like pull like DePaul after the DePaul game last year, which I was just as guilty where I. I thought this guy was falling after they got smoked by DePaul. You know, obviously this is a much better team um, than that, but let's not sound any sort of alarms. Regardless of what happens this game, they're going to be fine and they're going to be really good. Um, is Frank coaching for his job? <sighs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have to ask Feltz. Perfect, perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. any, any more thoughts you have on, on the matchup with the Bulldogs? So after that, it's, it's conference season. So, yep. I mean... That, that's going to, I mean, uh, I'm going to say that gets easier, but it, it, yeah. it's, it's a gauntlet. I mean, the, I mean, the, the Big Ten, dude. might be a little bit lighter, but, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, a ranked Rutgers team, Michigan State, Indiana, Illinois, of course. Um, Ohio State's ranked right now. I mean, it, it, it's just going to be a gauntlet, which it always is. Yep. Um, but the Big, Big Ten is just so... Christmas, a a Christmas Day basketball game. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Oh, I am absolutely here for it. Granted, just a little bit later. I wouldn't mind if it was seven o'clock game. Yeah, kind kind of like I wouldn't mind if it was like a a Thanksgiving Day NFL game kind of time frame where it can kind of break up Mm -hmm. break up meal time or kind of be something to look forward to. Because who knows? By seven o'clock, I might have had a little bit too much holiday cheer, and I might just want to go to bed. But it's true. uh, Yeah, that that'll be great up in the in the barn there in Minnesota. Yeah. So um, as far as our next podcast, uh, we'll probably take uh, take the week of Christmas off. Not going to be a whole lot. Um, well, obviously this weekend we'll learn Iowa's bowl destination on Sunday. Again, probably from the sounds of it, probably Citrus or Outback, um, depending how things fall this weekend. I would love nothing more than a Cyhawk bowl game. I would love that just to shut both sides of the rivalry up one way or the other. I don't care. But it's not going to shut both sides up. True. I mean, but shut, shut one, one side up. Decisively. And we'll have, yeah, we'll have some decisiveness on this season. But I would, man, I think that would be so much fun. Um, but, yeah, we'll probably, uh, maybe that week between Christmas and New Year's, maybe get back on the horn, um, preview a bowl game, talk about hopefully Iowa's win over uh, – over Gonzaga and then over Purdue and then over Minnesota also. Um, so, yeah. But obviously we wish everybody a very happy and very safe holiday. Um, don't get COVID. I, it's not fun. Um, it's it's legit. 
it hurts. <laughs> it's not fun. And especially if everyone in your household gets it, it's, it's, it's just not fun. So be smart, wear a mask, wash your hands, everything like that. They tell you to do it for a reason. Um, let's just keep being vigilant until, uh, until we can get to a vaccine that's, that we can all get. Um, so yeah. The little, the literal cavalry is on the way. Yes. To a hospital near you. Yep. I have, I have a cousin. Uh, my cousin is a ICU nurse downtown and I believe he said he'll be getting it. I think it said January 7th is his first is when he's getting his first shot. So no, it'll be, it'll be nice. Actually, I know a a guy from, uh, I went to high school with, he's a, he's a a COVID charge nurse over in Iowa city. And, uh, I think was the third person in the state. to get the shot. So it was on like, I don't know, world news nightly or some stuff. Right now, so shout out the uh, the Titan Hawkeye connection there, Seth Jackson. Uh, great name, by the way. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, yeah, it's it's all about kind of just uh, you know staying the course, and we, we've all got a place in mind now. I mean, the, the, the light the light is there. All the cliches, you know, uh, that, that you want to toss out are there. But uh, yeah, no, and, and you know, to that point too, I also want to you know thank everybody for staying patient with us through some interruptions and uh, and some gaps here. Certainly, we've been trying to. Uh, do the best we can to, you know, if, we, if we're being honest, not just for you all, but for us to give ourselves an outlet and a little bit of sense of normalcy and be able to kind of to, to talk our shit and puff out our chest a little bit and have an outlet to, to connect with, uh, you know, one another about about the Hawks and, and, and other things to, to make make things feel a little bit normal. I mean, I'd say Pete and I, we, we probably talk every single day, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we never have any kind of short, we never have any shortage of things to, uh, to discuss when it comes to Iowa football, Iowa basketball, and, uh, you know, the stuff that kind of uh, isn't important, but, uh, you know, during times like these is, uh, is you know, stuff to really cling to to, uh, to to make things feel a little bit more normal than uh, than they than they really are. So I, I know we both, uh, you know, speaking for both of us, really love doing this and are, are happy to do it and, uh, you know, looking forward to time when, uh, you know, we can get back that to – to the front row there in Clive mm. and uh, watch an Iowa basketball game or just make a fool of ourselves on the dance floor of brothers. So uh, it's coming. It's coming. It'll be, it'll be here before we know it. Yep. And just want to, you know, thank you for the people that take for you to take your time to listen to us. You know, this is just kind of an, like Joe said, just kind of a nice outlet. Uh, I want to thank Ted over at the tailgate society for kind of giving this, this avenue to kind of do this and help, uh, kind of get our, get our voices out there. Um, thanks to our, you know, dead eye barbecue sauce, which is a kind of a big sponsor there for the tailgate society. Um, not only a sponsor, but really a delicious barbecue sauce. You should try it out. Um, makes a great Christmas gift, great stocking stuffer, a great stocking stuffer. Yes. Um, but no, happy, uh, happy holidays to you and yours. And uh, we'll probably talk to you here in a couple weeks. But uh, go Hawks, and we'll talk to you later. Love you guys.